and welcome to an episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. This is a special, special edition, the 2023. Cole, you, you kind of, yeah. Dude, uh, I, I mean, I like it. I like it. I'm hyped. I, I'm hyped. Good but night. <laughs> you get me going, breathing in my ear again. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Screaming like I'm back at AT&T Stadium, but Cotton Bowl champs, 11-win season, coming to you from your home field studios, entering code Variety Sports because we are part of the Variety Sports Network. Great people there. Go check out other great podcasts that are on the network. Maybe even listen to the little hog fans crying because they are crying about Everybody's their boy, crying, dude. Eli Drinkwitz, the nerd from Alma, Arkansas has taken our Missouri Tigers and won a New Year's Six Bowl. Let's go. Dude, dude, that it's it's ridiculous. That's everything I've seen all day today on social media has been nothing but excuses. And I was like, you know what? I've seen every excuse in the book. I'm gonna create a bingo board that was of funny. of excuses and I'm gonna tweet it out. And I mean it's done pretty good so far, but it's just ridiculous, dude. People will try and find any excuse possible to kick you while you're down or, you know, like validate the reason that they feel for knocking you down. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Don't We're ever. Cotton Bowl champs. Yeah. Don't let people take that from me, man. As you know, my sports teams, uh, my pro team has won uh, some championships recently, but every time we win one, other rival fan bases are doing nothing, but you didn't deserve it. It was Mickey Mouse, this, 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 you know. Man, see, we, we live in a day of age social media. It's not like your dad's era when your team would win and then you only talk to your five buddies that are also fans of that team, and then y'all were just happy about it. Now, we live in social yeah. media. Every time you get on there, rival fans, they hate your happiness, so they're going to try and take shots, make you feel worse. Don't feel worse. Your team won. You're a winner. Like, don't take any of that. So, you know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, you got – OU fans in all the Mizzou post. Like, y'all shut the hell up. Y'all can even beat Arizona in the Alamo Bowl. Y'all went to the Alamo and you lost it back to Arizona. So y'all go suck on Brent Venable's tit or whatever you want to do there in Norman this year. I'm hyped. I might be saying some stuff that might be a little Let off fly, the record. Uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi holds up. Y'all think Arkansas Wi-Fi is bad. I'm in the state of Louisiana tonight. I'm sitting outside because I'm at a family Christmas and it is loud, but I wanted to get this out because 24 hours ago, I was in AT&T Stadium, let's see, 8.30, so we probably would have been starting uh, third quarter there, and I still believed, like, let's let's talk game because great crowd, great turnout from the Mizzou faithful. Man, it, the place was electric, uh, a vibe I don't know I've ever sensed before. Uh, it, it may have trumped my 2010, uh, OU win at Faro just, uh, in a stadium that big, <clears throat> that many people, and you have split fan bases. It's not like everybody's there pulling for the same team. So you get, you get some back and forth and, and that's fun. But, uh, the, the national anthem, the intros, like everything was top notch cotton bowl, good year. Uh, AT&T Stadium, they all did a great job putting that on as far as uh, a program and honoring past Cotton Bowls. They, they recognize Mizzou's past and Ohio State's past in the Cotton Bowl. And so really got to applaud them. The Ohio State fan base, <clears throat> I was on the Mizzou sideline. Uh, and so not not like on the sideline side, but I was on the Mizzou side of the field. I was up in the nosebleeds. I was far from the sideline. But uh I didn't really interact with any of them, so I can't say anything bad. Uh, by the time I left the stadium after trophy presentation, their parking lot was already empty. They were gone with five minutes to go in the game. So, uh, But the game itself, man, it defense came out and played a game Electric. like nobody's business. The, the front four, and then J.C. Carlisle's making plays everywhere. Uh, and then uh, Dalen... Dalen Carnell. Carnell, yeah. I said Carlisle, and it's Carlisle, right? Yeah. You like you say yeah. the S on there. Okay. And Dalen Carnell, they were flying everywhere up from the safety position. Chuck Hicks and Tristan Newsom, like, hey, that. Very well. 
that you wouldn't have thought that was second string yeah. linebackers. And they, yes. I was super concerned about them coming into the game because yes. OSU is a very potent rushing attack. And I was, I, I was, I'll be honest, I was foreseeing uh, Florida again. That was going to happen. No, those guys, <laughs> those guys play their heart out. Yeah, getting gashed for. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about in the preview was, you know, limiting explosive plays. And we knew, even though we figured Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't going to play, which of course he didn't. Um, that that we had to contain their playmakers. That they're they're deep all over the field, and this kind of goes into another thing that I want to bring up is that you know Ohio State recruits amongst the blue. They're in the top five, top six of the final recruiting five rankings. star, five star, four star, exactly. four star, five exactly. star. Yeah, um, you know the a team that's got a dozen five stars and sixty some odd four stars on a roster. Like it. It doesn't matter if someone goes down, right? If you're if you're a blue blood and you are one that, you know, hangs your hat on recruiting and being able to not rebuild but reload, right? We hear that with Alabama, we hear that with Georgia. It shouldn't matter if you have a second string quarterback goes down. There's so many things I want to get into on this, and I'm gonna yeah. try not to get on a soapbox, but uh, it's the thing that bothers me the most is okay. Yes, they had a first-string quarterback that opted into the transfer portal and transferred at at the drop of a hat. They celebrated that fact. Exactly. Their fan base celebrated that fact. Okay. I know. Sorry, Cole. Go ahead. I'm going to try and wrap up. I'm going to try not to be too long-winded just because we're all fired up. Maybe we should have taken a couple more days just to calm down, but it'll be good content, I guess. Um, So then, you know, of course, you get – not common cord. Their their second string quarterback Brown. comes in. Brown, thank you. Uh injured third, maybe fourth series of the game. Look like a linebacker out there. Like that dude is thick for a quarterback. He is. He is. I don't know if it was a flag jacket or what, but you know, goes down on, a weird, on the jersey. Yeah. yeah goes down that. on a weird ankle <laughs> injury. Um was limping pretty good right after I know they took him back to the locker room, all that stuff. But um, I mean, man, it's then you know you're all of a sudden you're into the third string, which that's when you start to see the stuff all over social media, and it shouldn't matter. Like you either have a talent problem that you shouldn't have because you're a blue blood that you recruit at the high level, or you have a culture problem. Plain and simple. Like I mean, you didn't see any opt outs from a zoo. No. You had two injuries. You had a couple enter the transfer portal, but they were depth pieces and and scout team guys, and then. For Ohio State, it's this mass exodus that people want to use as, as an excuse. That sounds like a personal problem to me. Like if your team is going to opt out, and that it's a team full of pros that we just played. Last they weren't night. Florida State out there. Florida State no. literally lost their entire team. So what we got was okay, like McCord and Skeeter just said they were happy about it. I was going through, I was going through Twitter. And half of them wanted him to start the entire season. It was a very much a Sam Horn, Brady Cook situation for them. And a lot of them, it'd be like this. What if Brady opted out of the game and Sam Horn started? How many fans would be excited? A lot. Would Quite you think it's a disadvantage? You know, you'd be like, well, Sam Horn's our guy. We've all thought he's very talented. So don't let that. And then you go to the third string quarterback. And that's where everyone gets the excuses. Right? Well, you were the third string quarterback. No, Brown didn't opt out. Brown started the game. Why did Brown go out of the game? He went out of the game because their old line couldn't hold couldn't hold anything. They, they they were just Swiss cheese. Our defensive line was just tearing holes in there, gashing them. He goes out of the game because he got hurt because they couldn't protect him. I'm not saying it was our goal. I'm not saying Downing Gate. I'm not saying they're trying to hurt him. That, that, I don't want to call this that. But I'm just saying they didn't do a good enough job protecting their quarterback. It's football. It's football. And because of that, they, made, they were a liability. Their O-line was a liability. We got to him enough. We hurt, hurt, got hurt. And their third string came in. They didn't. They didn't start the third string. That wasn't their goal. Our defense was so much better than their offensive line. They had to go to their third string quarterback. So it, it's not like, oh, you got lucky. No, we made that happen. And there was another like thing that I saw on social media. People are probably thinking, golly, this get this guy off the internet. But it it didn't matter who was back there. You could have had Jalen Milrow back there who's trying to evade rushers. And, I mean, within a second and a half, he's got – Mizzou only rushed four guys. And he's got, you know, he's got all four down linemen or, you know, three down linemen and a linebacker in his face a second and a half after the ball snapped yeah. in the shotgun or in the pistol. It doesn't matter either one. But that's uh, Johnny Walker had a coming out party as far as I'm concerned. He like, did. We knew he was good, but he was beating him like a drum. 
I guarantee you the dude took his uh, pads and uniform off, and he had 15 Mizzou tattooed on his back. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that was, that was awesome. Uh, and as far as that, I know this is just talking about all the, the crap we have to hear after a win where we don't get respected. We're never going to be respected. That's fine. Let's just, let's own being the black, black sheep of the family. I'll take it. But, um, you know, the one thing our second and third string can still go out and beat Mizzou. So, you know, good luck. We're, you know, we're going to wax you. Well, guess what? <laughs> now you're using it for your crutch and, uh, it don't, you know, when, when they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, I don't want to hear it. You know, <clears throat> nobody felt sorry for us last year when we had opt-outs and transfers uh, in the Gasparilla Bowl and lost to Wake Forest. You know, like, they were talking their, their trash and, hey, you know, the it's earned. Like, you still have to go out and win the ball game on the field. It's not just handed out and given uh, and said, oh, here's your winner. So, or, or two uh, years I'll, ago when you – or when we had uh, the Brady Cook coming out party and yeah. the leading rusher at the time, Tyler Beatty, had opted out. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. there's just now, so many excuses that could be said. As far as it being earned and not handed out, the officiating looked like they were trying to hand it out to Ohio State. From my standpoint, I don't know how it came across on TV. There were three late hits that never got called. I mean, clearly one or two steps in the white and then getting blown up uh, before they finally called one. Uh, holding like nobody's business. Yeah. And it'd be right in front of officials. Uh, you know, there was one time I thought they could have called pass interference on us if they didn't. It was an overthrow on on their part uh so you know it was it was really piss poor officiating on on my end uh at the stadium but all that adversity the defense kept going out kept freaking knocking heads uh coach jacob pillar in the third quarter you know kirby's up in the press box or in, in a box calling place so he's not on the field with the players when they're coming off so jacob pillar gets the skill position players and quarterbacks and he has the and and Coach Jones has uh, the O-line over to the other side. And the skill position players are in a circle in chairs. <clears throat> and Pillar is going off on them. Like, coaching staff was not letting up. They took this game very, very personal. But they were the first ones there when they did something right. High five and celebrating. Like, it wasn't just, you know, it. you love to see – that fire in the coaching staff and not just sitting on their hands or twiddling their thumbs like, Oh, well, you know, we're, we're in the third quarter getting shut out. Let's just call it a season. It's been a good year. It's been fun. So I loved that. Uh, Blake, Blake Baker. I've kind of given him a little bit of crap this year because the defense wasn't what we expected it to, but man, you cannot, you cannot give him enough credit for the game he called. And, uh, you know, when you when you have Newsom and Chuck Hicks instead of Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper, like, that's not a knock on Hicks or, yeah, on, on Hicks or Newsom, but they're backups just because they don't have that experience. And, you know, they, they may not have the size and the speed that the other two had. So when you can put them in position to be as successful as they were, that is that is awesome to see, and we are very very fortunate for him to to sign an extension and want to keep coaching and keep keep the ball rolling with what he's got going with Coach Drinkwitz. I I want to credit the entire coaching staff because yep. in a three zero ball game where the offense is just not clicking, defenses keep plain and simple keeping you in the ball game regardless of who's playing quarterback uh, for Ohio State. The fact that. You know, they go into the half. The third quarter looked – third quarters throughout the season have not really been great for us. We started with a three and out, um, you know, kind of – I think the, the Brady Cook tried to run a naked bootleg or something like that. Got met very quickly by Jack Sawyer, who was an incredible football player, by the way. Yeah. He'll be – Dude next, was everywhere. He'll be the everywhere. Next, like Bosa brother um, out, of, uh, out of Ohio State. But the fact that – they made the adjustments at halftime, of course, didn't execute in that first series. But then to orchestrate two 90-plus-yard drives, because that's what this game was really all about, yeah. was a constant battle of field position. Mizzou would pin them deep. Ohio State would get out of it. Their punter, absolutely incredible, flipped the field on us. And then we would either, <laughs> you know, 
try and try and get out of it or in in the other case uh drive down twice and score two 90 plus yard drives i mean the offensive line wasn't great but you also have to credit ohio state's defensive line there's there's some dudes again like i just mentioned jack sawyer there's some dudes that are going to play on sundays on that on that roster and that played in that for game. sure and I, I, there's, you, just, there's just so many flowers to hand out for for all the coaching staff, I could keep going on and on, but I really you, want to credit all of them to that. You talk about their punter and, and flipping field position. Uh, their three points was directly from Luther Burden not fielding that punt and then pinning us inside the 10 and then taking a sack. And so they had the short field, and that's how they got the three, and Luther Burden did not go back out there for punt return. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you all saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. a, re- a real funny thing. I don't know if it come across on TV or if they cut to commercial real quick, but Cody Schrader was on punt coverage. He touched it, early. and yeah. he downed it at like the eleven. And so Cody Schrader's in what his sixth year, uh, and he got you know awards, a lot of national recognition this year. And Marquise Johnson, Speedy Johnson, is a true freshman. When Cody touched that ball, Johnson started jumping him like. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it started teaching him about punt coverage. Yeah. So that was awesome to see. That was awesome to see. But uh, a, a great thing to see for me, too, Jake Garcia. And now she's going in the portal. He was right there with the Brady. Brady was on the sideline throwing the ball a lot, a lot. Like, he, it was aggravating him of the, the results he was getting. And Jake Garcia was right there with paper and going over stuff with him. So – Man, he he could have stood off to the side, been like, I'm out of here. I'm just here for, you know, the experience. No, he was still there being a teammate. Peanut Houston. Uh, there were there were a bunch of guys we've seen hit the portal that were still bought into this brotherhood all the way to the end. So you got to give credit. And that goes back to the coaching staff, creating the culture. Uh, and, and these guys loving one another as – family and and wanting to finish it up strong so that that was impressive to see for me you know like i I was more even a little bit more proud of the team and the culture that they built with that no i totally agree that's uh something you really noticed this is and i I was watching uh pregame and no same thing garcia was throwing talking to the guys hanging out with everyone it just you're right it i like the drink let these guys play you know they want to move on and i think like I said last episode, it bodes well for getting guys to come here or even stay here. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it makes a really welcoming culture for these players, which is something you need nowadays when they can leave whenever they want. Also, this is back to uh, something you said way earlier. You mentioned poor refing things holds. You forgot to mention the fumble that we've recovered that they said he was down. See, I, that swung I, the game. I, I saw the hit. I didn't. I could not see the fumble like that was the opposite end zone oh, for me. No. So I was watching on ESPN and they showed it every five minutes. Really? At one point in the third quarter, they yeah, all the way up until the third quarter. Ha- yeah, they were they went back to it in the third quarter. We're like, and even they were just like, "That's a fumble. That's Mizzou ball." Like we cannot believe this is such a blown call. Like they brought on uh, who is it? It's not Joe Tessitore in here. Who's their guy? Their yeah, the ESPN rules. ESPN rules guy. And he's yeah. like, "That's yeah. Mizzou's ball. Like that is their, that, that's a giant blown call. We'll see how that plays out. It's a giant blown call." So yeah, it was very much our ball. I did see Drinkwitz go down and, and talk to the official trying he was asking for a replay. So I knew something was going on. And then when I got to Twitter, uh I saw like I, I would see replays of the hit and the ball coming out, but I didn't see like who recovered or anything. So I Yeah, Jaden Bergen just casually picked it up. Yeah. Okay. Should have well, the on, honestly like, the uh, oh, ahead, the sorry. thing would be if he were to pick that up, because they were on the eight-yard line, eight, ten-yard line, somewhere in there, if he had picked that up and ran it back into the end zone, I truly believe that would have hundred percent spurred a a review they because they're like, point okay, point. like he entered the end zone, you know, recovers the ball, clear recovery, enters the end zone. What's going on? We need to like take a finer look at this. And so, what I could assume have there was a quick whistle why he wasn't there was, like yeah. in our yeah. Okay, they, they, and so then, the refs had blown the call dead before the quarterback even got the ground. And then the other thing, I know this this is probably terrible to do on the podcast because everybody watched the game, and a lot of them watched on TV, so they got to see this. But uh, the Johnny Walker personal foul, I heard an Ohio State player punched through a punch, and Johnny did not. All he 
all he did was say something and possibly point and got the personal foul. He said something to me that dissed in his face, his face mask. And yeah. when, he, when, he did, when he did that into his face mask, they threw a flag on him. Okay, so Ohio State can do whatever the hell they want to, and let's punish Mizzou. Okay, I that's – I, I hate being a little up. biased, but, dude, it felt like that the first that first half. It, and you mentioned holds. The ESPN guys even kept saying, they're like, man, every, every, they'd be like, they're getting away with some holds. Ohio State's getting away with a lot of holds. And they just kept showing – they kept showing realists just getting like – Yes. Realists was trying to get to the quarterback, and the Ohio State lineman had him backwards by his collar, pulling him backwards – my dad laughed because uh, I was known for holding a lot in high school. And uh, he was like, damn, Jake, where are these refs when you were playing ball? Like, <laughs> like, you can use these guys. Uh, so I, I do want to ask you all, do you agree with Brady Cook getting the offensive MVP? I am not knocking Brady Cook, not saying. Yeah. Not I mean, saying anything bad. Cody Schrader, to me, averaged – I know he was over four yards per carry, uh, over 100 yards, all-time Mizzou leading rusher. But, like, that was the number three defense in the country, if I remember right, going into the game. And they weren't – I think they were missing one linebacker from uh, an injury, not an opt-out. But he, like – and I, I don't know if you all notice this, you know, where we usually attack – the tackle, like run toward the tackle, and Cody either goes in between the tackle and the guard or bounces outside. We started attacking like between center and guard, like started going up the middle, getting the tough yards. And Cody was just like, when when they were wearing down, he's finding another gear. Uh, he literally carried two dudes into the end zone with him on that touchdown. Yeah, he, but that's the I felt he deserved it. I, agree. I, I felt I agree. he deserved the award. No, that's what I said, too. Um, the only thing I can really think of is, yeah, he wore him down. He got to how he won that game. But that throw, um, I was not bashful. I was not impressed with Cook the majority of the night. But that throw he made to Luther was insane. The that, one to Weiss was really Kelly, good, too, where they jumped. Mike Kelly thought it was intercepted. Did y'all hear yeah, really? the radio? No. To the, go back and listen to the postgame show because they laugh and play, replay it. Mike Kelly goes, and inter- no, intercepted by – touchdown, no, it's a touchdown. <laughs> he thought the Ohio State guy diving had intercepted the ball because that – he had a window about this big to get that I ball mean, into. Yeah, it was like a football and a half width yeah, that's of, of a window. He, I, felt, I felt the bigger time throw for him was the one where Ohio State jumped off sides. We were pinned deep. I think Theo. it was the the first Theo first scoring catch. drive, and that pass to Theo, uh, that was a freaking awesome pass. Like he threw it out there where only Theo could get it, and it it was right on on the money on that. I do yeah. agree, and I feel like he got confidence because he knew it was a free play, and then he made yep. that pass, and then I feel like that loosened him up for the rest of the game. We saw we saw a different Brady Cook from that point on. Yeah, for I sure. Told, that's exactly what I said, and I was like, I I think that like got him to like loosen up. You now, you could have you could have named either Brady or Cody the offensive MVP, and I would have been completely fine with either one. The yeah. on top of the throw that you mentioned, Case, the other couple things that I think are kind of overlooked: Brady's legs converted multiple third yeah. downs, like yeah. prevented sure. multiple three and outs, and then the two fake toss sweeps to convert Ooh. two fourth and ones were huge. Like butter, but, that is such a sexy play, isn't it? Let's talk about that last fourth and one. Do y'all agree with that play call? You're up seven to three with a little over six minutes to go. Easy field goal range to go up a touchdown and give them the ball back with like six and a half minutes to go somewhere in there. Do you agree with the call on that? I love, me personally, I love that. Drinkwitz like said, "No, we're here to win a freaking ball game. Like we're going out winners. We're not, we're not playing it safe. We're not playing not to lose because we've seen so many times. I think earlier in his career he would have kicked that field goal. Yeah, I agree. the The safe part of me was like, oh please, somebody just somebody jump either defense or offense. Like I don't like this. Like either give us the first down or make it fourth and six where we where we kick the field goal. So, the, uh, what thing what was y'all's that. mindset? The thing that leads to that call to me is how well your defense is playing. Your yeah. defense is playing so well that you have the trust that, okay, if we get stuffed on this, if we commit a penalty and 
and get, you know, if they commit a penalty or like false start or whatever and get pushed back to fourth and sixth, then of course you're taking the field goal. Um, but if they don't get it for whatever reason, they're, they're on the what, 35 ish, 35, 40, somewhere, in there, yeah. somewhere in there, between 30 and 40. Um, going in that, you know, you're, you're comfortable with your defense shutting them down. Uh, the, the other reason I really like the call is because once you convert that, of course, they went on to score after that. But you're born, you're burning more clock. You're up yep. seven three, and you're burning. I think they ended up burning what four more minutes off the clock. Yep. So yep. now, yes, if he doesn't convert it, and we end up losing the game because of that, then everyone is calling for his head. It didn't happen. We can praise him. Um, we can, you know, tip our cap, whatever, and just say, hey, you know, hey, coach, good job. He uh, finally had offensive mojo going, and he had he had a roll with it. You know what I mean? We hadn't had nothing going all night. You get in that fourth and one. I get it. My my dad next to me was was a little like upset by it, but even I said like, man, he, we're moving the ball. He's got a chance to actually get this and you know put the foot in the throat. You got to take it. And sure enough, while we were sitting there arguing about it, Cody Schrader runs for three yards, and gets it anyways, like that. So it wasn't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I did like seeing the killer instinct come out in him. Like that is a growth in Drinkwitz. I feel we see we've seen before our eyes this season in particular. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, it worked. I loved it. You know, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, as Cole would say, you know, eh, but um, it worked. It worked. And so that <laughs> you, you, you love, and I love that we got to finish in victory formation, like yeah. refuse to give them the ball back, you know, um, to, to finish the game, but uh, really, I want to tell this story because it, it hit me. Uh, I meant to say it uh, when I was talking at the beginning. So the Cotton Bowl, uh, Dr. Pepper was a big sponsor of it, and they pulled select fans from each each base and did them one at a time throughout out the show, and would ask questions like, and so on this one they have a Mizzou fan down there. And they, they ask him, who has the single-game rushing record in Cotton Bowl history? And the, the guy goes, but Mizzou native, you know, Kansas City area, true son, Tony Temple. And so the crowd starts cheering, but then the guy turns around and Tony Temple's standing behind him. Never knew it. <laughs> Never knew it. So that was awesome. That's that so was cool. awesome. Yes. Uh I just imagine putting myself in those shoes, you know, like, and knowing the areas from, you know, like, I, I just thought that was was really cool. But awesome. uh, the the game, you know, like, I never, never really thought like it's over, we're done, we we don't stand it. Like the way the defense was playing and the offense, we were just like, I felt like we were beating on the door, beating on the door. You could see it splintering, you know, just waiting for it to break around the lock and, and bust in. And I never gave up faith. But when we finally got that first touchdown, did it not feel like, oh, we got this now. Yep, absolutely. We got this. Ball game. I got my dad told me to stop being so cocky. We're going to lose it. I, was, <laughs> I got, if you look over my shoulder right there, there is a, it's a bottle of whiskey. It's Milton, very rare. Uh, I got it at work to a contest I won. It's like a $250 bottle of whiskey. And so I, when I got it, I said to myself, I'm not drinking this till Mizzou wins the bowl game. And as soon as Kershaw got that touchdown, I was like, I said, I'm drinking that whiskey tonight. And my dad's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're going to blow it. I'm, we're very superstitious people. And you can tell, if you ever look at my Twitter during a game, I get very negative. And I don't necessarily believe these things. I have to reverse jinx the team constantly. And that, and that all stems from uh, my Royals fandom. Uh, game, the, the Astros game. The Astros were a bunch of runs on us. It was over down to our like last couple out or no, it was eighteen last couple outs. And um, I tweet, I texted all my friends and tweeted it. I was like, "Well, fun, fun run. It's all, it's over now. It's done." Right after that, Eric Hosmer gets on base, a rally gets going, the Royals win, they go to win the World Series. Uh, so I used that then in the Chiefs Super Bowl, our first win when we we're down ten, when they were like uh, Niners were posing in the end zone. Uh, I text my dad. I tweet. I'm like, well, that's the end of that. Season's over, done. That's how it ends. 
And so I was like, well, the only thing I can do in this cotton bowl is to say that's I guess, an embarrassing way to end a great season, stuff like that. <laughs> it's funny because I had the opposite. I, I shouted out my Army buddy, best friend, Sam Godchuck. He's the uh, Ohio State fan. And uh, he texted me once we got into the red zone after that big hit on Cook. We got into the red zone for the first time, and he's like, He's like, well, congrats. He's like, good game. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? You guys are still up three nothing. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear. He's like, you guys score right here, and it's over. He's like, we can't score at all. And I mean, he was right. He, he is a ball knower for sure. That kid, <laughs> that kid knows ball for sure. Um, but it was, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm with you. I'm super superstitious. I don't, I don't like to jinx it until the clock hits zeros and. I'm either turning the game off or I'm back in the truck driving home. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it until that, um, until that final whistle blows. But I have a question because Skeeter, you brought up the, uh, the offensive MVP. Do you, do you guys think, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm same as you, Skeeter. I'm not trying to knock Johnny Walker Jr. Do you guys think he was the one who deserved it the most? Like, do you guys think they could have gave it to they could have gave it to anybody out there that whole unit was deserving yeah that whole unit for sure uh, carnell's one that sticks out to me the most carnell was was all over uh, and jace yeah i mean they were they were flying up from the safety position the coverage you know norwood uh marcus really clark uh chris mm-hmm. abrams drain you know uh joseph charleston like Everybody that went out there on that side of the ball was was balling out, and they were they were giving it everything. Uh, I, as far as that, like, hey, you, you give it to anybody, and the way the way they reacted, uh, the team reacted when you know Johnny Walker got that little trophy. Like, hey, they were they were good with it. So as long as they're good with it, I'm good with it. Yeah, for sure. That it shows a good culture. It could be anyone. He got it because of that just that absolute Sack. dynamite hit <laughs> yeah. on Brown. That's like you got to pick like the most pretty play. Everyone's playing amazing. There's only one play that sticks out, and what stuck stuck out was that. And I mean, that kind of helped. Like I said, that helped get Brown out of the game. It wasn't that hit, but I think that was a part of it. And that led to them being, you know, a little confused on offense. They had a much smaller playbook because they had a true freshman in there. I mean. I think that's probably why I got it. I I did feel they were more of a passing threat with that true freshman quarterback. Uh, he he did seem like a much better much better passer than what Brown was. Just uh, the running ability or the running threat probably wasn't as big with him as what uh, Devin Brown yeah. was was going to give you. But uh, you know that running back of theirs, Henderson that that was playing. That's the dude you're going to be seeing on Sundays. You know. Um, so don't don't let this is going back to the beginning, but don't let people talking about our backups like that was your number one running back. That was your number one offensive line up there. And they weren't aside from that one big 20 yard run. We pretty well kept Henderson in check. Yeah, no, we absolutely did. Um, just and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, we knew they were going to be a lot or like, oh, my God, we knew they were going to rely on them. That doesn't mean that it's easy to stop them. You know, no, no. How many times did Tyler Beatty go over guys? Everyone in Furrow Field knew exactly where that ball was go, who was going to, just if it was going left or right, and he would still get through guys. You know what I'm saying? It's, Especially after Basilek hurt his knee. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> I mean, that season was only six wins because of Tyler Beatty. That was a Tyler Beatty season. Anyway, thank goodness we'd have a podcast that year because oh, that <laughs> <laughs> would be a very sad, sad, sad season. Um, but no, what I'm saying was he's good. This is no he's getting the ball majority of the time. Doesn't mean it's easy to stop him. The the fact that we just blew through their D line, O line, our D line blew through their O line, is why we were able to like get so much, you know, so many tackles for loss on him. It wasn't because they're they, those weren't second stringers. The issue no. is the issue is most people talking crap are the SEC fans, and they don't know anything about Ohio State because I sure as hell didn't before we got to play them. And so they don't know that's their second string or that's first string. You know what I mean? They just let the narrative go around because it's easier to crap on Mizzou than it is to learn something. Yeah. I, I will tell you, their red pops on that field against the green, like, uh, that was, that was, uh, it was I don't a think I've seen a red game. pop like that. 
Yeah. Black on black uh, versus their red and silver was, yeah. I'll be honest, that was one of the more like visually appealing football games I've ever seen. Yeah, yep. somebody had tweeted out that it was uh, like an elite uniform matchup, and I'd agree. Like, I totally agree. I if if I had to pick a side between Michigan and Ohio State, I'm leaning Ohio State, and I could go down a a deep deep rabbit hole as to why. But it all boils down to Jim Harbaugh uh, telling Drew Locke that if he went to Missouri, that he would never make it to the NFL. So yeah, we That's see how fair. that turned out. Um, Speaking of Drew Locke, shout out. The goat, because I don't know if you don't have social media and you're listening to this, you need to get on social media and find it because Drew, there's a video going around of Drew Locke walking around with a Mizzou shirt and going to two different Ohio State teammate players on the Seahawks and hanging a Mizzou gear in their locker for them. So love it. Love it. I don't know if that's happening at the Browns facility today with uh, Jordan Elliott and Isaiah McGuire doing some of that. But, uh, man, you, you love to see stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty funny, wasn't it? It For was. Sure. For sure. Uh, you got to give out a, a shout-out real quick. Jackson Francois, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, a little, a little tip of the cap to our buddies over at Mazogcast, but uh, he was on the sideline with his mama watching that game yesterday, and he was on courtside dressed in, in uniform today for Mizzou Tigers on, on the hardwood. So uh, that young man was, I'm sure, wore out. But also after the game, I'm walking up uh, to a police officer trying to make sure I'm going the right direction because going in at daylight and coming out in dark, everything looks different. And so I was just trying to make sure I was getting the the right train of direction in my in my head. And uh, I, I tell him, thank you. Have a good night. Safe night. And I start walking away and I hear a voice come up behind me talking to the officer. And I said, I know that voice. I know I know that voice. And I turn around. It's Coach Brian Smith of the Mizzou Wrestling Program was there. Just a normal guy. Wasn't asking for special treatment. Nothing like that. Really cool to see him. Uh, went up, introduced myself to him, and he does ask uh, for anybody that's able. I need to have this pulled up. Can one of y'all look it up real quick? The dual meet, I think it's next Tuesday on the second, if I yep. remember right from yep. last week. Right. Us talking about it, yep. uh, but he wants the Hearns packed for that uh, dual match. So January doing 2nd, our part there. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually considering going to that one because should. My my daughter goes to Columbia Public Schools. Um, I guess that that dual benefits somehow. I don't I don't know how or whatever the proceeds. Maybe they're just promoting the school district, uh, but benefits Columbia Public Schools. So if your parent, your kid goes to Columbia Public Schools, um, there's some sort of deal or benefit or fraction of ticket sales that I guess are going to it. Or I again, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. But I asked my wife tonight. I was like, Hey, you want to go to a wrestling duel on Tuesday? She's like. No, not really. And I asked my daughter, I was like, hey, do you want to go? She's like, yeah. She's like, well, what is it? Really? <laughs> I'm being honest. She's not, she is not a wrestling fan by any means, but I don't know. Maybe I'll try and drag her there. I don't know if y'all know this, but Virginia Tech's number 11 of the country or number two. That's going to be cream of the cream going against each other there. <laughs> cream of the cream. <laughs> like cream of cream I, I hope I, everybody that heard, like, heard that last week. Kind of did the same. They probably didn't even to... notice, but we think they it's did. hilarious. We internationally said cream of the cream, said cream of the crop, and we think it's just the funniest thing. We've been texting about it for three or four yeah. days now. <laughs> and for those of you that are new listening, I was born and raised southwest Missouri. Uh, been going to Louisiana since I was three years old. Lived thirteen years there of my adult life, and now the last three years in northwest arkansas so yeah i might not talk like the columbia missouri people but i'm still still bleed black and gold uh in my blood there for those making fun of my accent <laughs> man let's i mean i got a question I, I i could i could just bask looking at the pictures these are pictures from from my phone uh mizzou marching band Great job. Ohio State Marching Band was really cool show, too. Uh, you got to give them props there. They are elite for uh, 
well known for their things that they do in their marching formations and they did not disappoint they even did stairway to heaven and had two stairs and stick people on both sides walking the stairway to heaven which was really cool so uh, great entertainment from start to finish of the game that's awesome so my um, and i'm not trying to put the cherry on top of the season yet but i mean we did just play our last game it's over now um I mean, I guess, but I just don't want to believe it yet, right? I know, right? So I guess I'll ask each of you, uh, if you want to give me one, if you want to give me three, but I'll ask you for your top three, and then I'll go. Um, top three moments of the season. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't care. I don't care who goes first. Case you want it or you want me? I'll lead off. You want me to? Okay. Uh, all right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three, two, one. Because I got I got one in my head already. Uh, all right, number three top moment for me is um, man, I, I'm, I, this is this is weird. I'm gonna say just the whole second half of the Tennessee game. Uh, man, the vibes were great in that stadium. If it, it, you know, it, everyone was like, "Yep, we're good. We've arrived. Here we are." You know, this is because you got that. You got drink ice in the kicker. You got just running the score up on them. It was standing on business. Stand, you got standing on business. Uh man, that was just gosh, that was so fun having the stadium. Uh, I brought my dad to that game. That was his first game uh, since 2019, I think. And man, he had a blast. It was a lot of fun there. Uh, so that's number three for me. That was a lot. Of, that was a great time. Uh, number two, uh, number two, I'm gonna go with um the Kentucky, the Kentucky swing, a momentum swing. And you ever, you ever get real bummed out? And then, or you ever have something bad happen, and then it gets fixed immediately, and you're more happy than you were had the bad thing not happened the first time. You know what I mean? That momentum, that that emotion swing. That's what that was. Oh my God, I was down. I was in the dumps. I was po'd. I hated everything. You know, well, we're throwing the season away. We kind of show up against Kentucky, and then our punter threw a touchdown to a freshman, and game on. Man, that's so just just that momentum swing and how they kept rolling through. It was a lot of fun. And then number one for me, this is the podcast. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, K-State. The Mevis kick. I was crying like a baby. Like I said earlier, I mean, I don't know the whole story. You can listen to it, the K-State post game. Uh, my wife's grandpa just passed. He's a big Mizzou fan. And I just started tearing up when he lined up because I knew my heart was going in. Just too much been going on in the family. And we needed this. And, oh, man, that, that memory will live forever with me. Those my three. What, and you asked the and you asked the players too, like, what's the moment that that sparked it and had them realize that this season that they could they could do what they had set out to do at the beginning of the season and and fully embrace and personify, you know, STP. And I would say majority of them are gonna say the the Mebus game winner, the walk off against K State. Actually, a, a lot of them do refer to the K State, but it's not the kick that I've heard referred to. It's the bomb to Luther to open up scoring. That's when they knew that, like they believed, we're something different this year. Yeah, and it just built off of that. Uh, as far as top three moments, it's hard. Do do I make it personal? Do I say like favorite moments of, of the team itself? Uh, <clears throat> You know, if it, if it's personal, uh, number three would be taking my kids, uh, my boys, to their their first game at Faroe, uh, getting a chant M I Z Z O U is LSU. Great atmosphere. Ball game didn't happen. Didn't turn out the the results we wanted, but that is going to be a memory that I take with me till the day I'm dead. Uh, number two would be. The ass kicking we handed out in Arkansas, taking my 16-year-old daughter to her first ball game, uh, getting to be there, uh, and it be Donald W. Reynolds Stadium becoming a Mizzou home game. Um, that was awesome to be part of. Drink was just going in and kicking ass because the week before we had a close game with Florida, and we know that. Arkansas doesn't like us, even though we're not their rival, and so we figured we was going to be getting their best shot and. So we knew we were the better team, but we weren't confident as fans going into that ball game because we could see a way Mizzou would Mizzou that that ball game. But guess what, Mizzou, Mizzou in a ball game now is Cody Schrader punching it in, 
is the the pass to Luther, the pass to Theo, defense playing with the hair on fire, winning the New Year's Six Bowl. My number one moment is when we're in victory formation, next to the last play, Cody Schrader gets pulled. They let Nathaniel Pete go in and seeing Cody Schrader get embraced from the fan base and his embrace with Drink and Coach Loop right there is like you see a young man that didn't take no for an answer, that didn't take being seventh on the depth chart as a reason to transfer and give up. He saw it as, hey, that's six guys I'm passing up. You know, I I, got to pass one guy to get up to number six on the depth chart and another get to fifth. And, you know, then I'm going to start getting some snaps and maybe some special teams play. Well, now I'm getting, you know, some carries in the backfield. Well, now I'm splitting. No, this is my backfield. You know, I'm – the premier back and the top leading rusher in SEC top rushing season at the University of Missouri. So what that young man, uh, seeing him put in the work like that and it becoming what he's become to Mizzou fans this year and, and all coming together at that one point, that's, that was an awesome moment. Dang, you guys got some good ones, and I like how both of y'all's they weren't the same. It's not like, oh yeah, it was you know, yeah, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, and and K State. Um, obviously, you guys just named six different games, so one of mine's yeah. going to be the yeah, same. Good as, luck as now. Y'all's. Um, mine are in a different order. Um, top three was yesterday, and you're probably like, Cole, what the heck? Did we played like our worst game ever yesterday? Um, but the reason is shaking that bowl monkey off our back getting that bowl win in a new year six is huge to to put the cherry on top for this season in that atmosphere regardless of what anyone else is saying to get that 11th win to get that trophy in the trophy case is huge not only against for, the ohio state university the ohio state university you not liberty like no. oregon's playing tomorrow or whenever yeah. Yeah, like Tennessee played last year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of torn. <laughs> I'm kind of torn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of torn on number two and number one just because they're both like such huge moments. Number, I'll say number two is is the case. Uh, mm, we got man, Skeeter. We got a question in his own list that he made up. I know, dude. But you guys, yeah. you guys brought up so many good points. Okay. Number two is the Tennessee game as a whole, just because it was such a revenge game yeah, from last year. It was such a blowout. It was, you know, Cody setting a record in that game. Um, just a phenomenal game from start to finish. And that was Cody was already having a great year, but that's where he came into the national spotlight and and the national media finally embraced him and, and really started spreading his story. Number one for me. And it's not just the the game; it's the moment. Was fourth and seventeen. That play. That we don't have gonna, yesterday without that. Nope, we don't at all. The Gator Bowl or something. At all, we are we're probably playing like in the Alamo Bowl, the Gator Bowl. Um, we might be playing, yeah, Clemson. I don't know. We're not playing in <laughs> or sucky State. teams like OU. I mean, crap. You know, they give us just piss poor opponents. <laughs> But fourth and seventeen, <laughs> that was just an incredible play that we needed, man. We needed bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, playmakers make plays. So that's that's my list. Cotton Bowl, um, Tennessee game and and fourth and seventeen. Now, you know, some of my favorite things of the year, uh you know, the Mizzou creatives on the football side and the mini movies, um, the the poetry that they took, just a football game that, you know, and then giving us something in the middle of the week to look forward to. And I guarantee you I'm going to watch this this week probably 10 times. Like I'm going to have two hours of YouTube time this week strictly dedicated to the mini movie. And the mini movie could be the whole damn game from start to finish and I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really. know, like I 
they could make it a four hour movie and I will go around a movie theater, pop some popcorn, tell y'all to come on down and we'll watch that freaking mini movie. Um, you know, the Kentucky, uh, probably what stands out to me as far as a favorite moment there is when they show the, the fans leaving empty in that stadium. I mean, it was gone and that was still a lot of game left. It wasn't like it was well, last two minutes. Yes. Like, you know, all the the ways we've had to lose to them, and we go into their house on their homecoming and piss on their Cheerios. I loved it. You know, I loved That's it. That's another drink game, too. Yes. Uh, and, and drink, like, you love it. Not taking anything away from Barry Odom. We are not the we are not playing a New Year's Six bowl game with Barry Odom leading the program. I'll say it. I will say it. But Barry Odom don't – like, we beat Tennessee this year, and it would be, you know, good luck to y'all and all that to to Hypel and all them. So, like, Drinkwitz adds an extra element to it from him being our coach. Uh, That's why they hate Brady. Yeah, Brady uh, is when he without if they gave Cody the MVP for offense, we don't get that pretty damn good when they ask how it's going to feel five to ten years from now. Love that clip. Love that clip. You know, so there's so many moments like, man, I just this season, like I, I felt it. I felt it way back in August. I just felt it building. And I know, you know, I, I could say oh, I predicted good things for the basketball team. Well, the basketball team season's not over with, so y'all might be eating some crow if you're really crapping on them too hard right now uh, for those that are completely giving up on them. But, <clears throat> you know, it just something felt different this year. Uh, and and to see it play out, you can predict whatever scores and, and whatever. I could have predicted every game correct. Uh, but you don't you don't envision the journey that this season took us on. Yeah. No, you, you can't. There's no way. There's no way to see the ups and downs. Like Cole just mentioned with almost losing to Florida and having the getting going on a fourth down, a long fourth down and get it. You don't see that in your head. You just you just pick the games and you just think about what the score will be, you know, how the scores will be. You don't do the journey. And back to what you said about mini movies, um, we are honestly very blessed that we can go back and have a have a emotional because they, they do, they capture the emotion of what was happening so well. We get to feel those again forever like in the history yep. of YouTube server. You know what I mean? Yep. Until we have our giant cyber attack and it all gets shut down. But hey, you can download that stuff and save it so you don't have to trust on YouTube. I'll be finding, <laughs> I'll be finding Robert out trying to borrow his hard You heard Skeeter. Get a USB <laughs> stick or something. Download yeah. that. Make sure you have a hard copy because... The Russians are coming, and they are going to kill your electronics. And and get a take car, that, a car. What? <laughs> go dig you a hole and put a school bus in it, and bury it, and have plenty of uh, water under there, and MREs. Like, be ready. It's happening. <laughs> MREs. No thanks. Hey, got good. Got good peanut butter. Got good peanut butter. Well, fellas, I mean, butter. we. I wouldn't say good. <laughs> <laughs> we could ramble all night. Not basketball one tonight against or today against UCA. Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about. Uh, y'all are absolutely right. We still ended up with what thirteen or fourteen in the box score. Uh, you know, everybody got to play that put on a jersey. It felt like so. Um, it, it did seem like we we saw heavier minutes to a certain group. Uh, so maybe we're getting solidified there. And next week on the sixth, I believe we open up Auburn. Who is, I don't remember who our next opponent is in basketball. So if y'all want to look that up real quick, well, I just keep rambling or Cole, you got something to say why case is looking. It's been a really, really fun year, man. I'm, I'm sad that it's over. I really, really wish I could have been there yesterday. Georgia. And then I... Georgia. We want the dogs. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Cole. No, I'm just on my on my sentimental soapbox. It's just it's been such a good year, man. It's been a great year. Met a lot of good people, not only through this podcast, but man, what a season. What a fun year. 
uh, if we're doing some rambling, can I throw some in real quick? Go ahead. I want to talk real quick. Um, there is a barbershop here where I live in Liberty, Missouri, named Jim's Barbershop. Um, I've been there since I was a kid. Uh, the owner, Jim, is a Dodd Mizzou fan. He hadn't missed a game since the seven or a home game since the 70s, I believe. He had a massive stroke at the Florida game. Um, he had to get out of United States. He's been in the hospital, they've gone to rehab. Um, they, I was so if again, if you're in Liberty, you're in the Kansas area. I asked them what you know what they they wanted like a GoFundMe. They said no. We we just want um just we'd love for you to have you guys come in get a really good, they they do old school barber shaves you know haircuts. Uh, it's a black and gold store. Everything in there is Mizzou themed. I'll be honest, Jim is part of the reason why my Mizzou fandom grew so much. Uh, I'd always gone there as a kid, and you know when he's in there, just feeding me the Mizzou propaganda as a little boy. Uh, it really does you know help solidify your team there. Um. But if you're in the Kansas area, you want a good haircut or shave, go to Jim's Barbershop in Liberty. You're a Tiger fan. You'll love it. So how about Jim and prayers for Jim? He's kind of going through it right now. For sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, praying for you, Jim, and your family, and, and hoping you all, you know, there's going to be better days ahead. So just just keep grinding. Um, not, not, not to take anything away from Mr. Jim, but – Case, I'm glad you left your hat on while you're talking about a good haircut. Well, I got I'm growing the I got the beard kind of scraggly. I'm gonna go get a shave. And you know what? It's a bummer though. Is I used to I had we had we had great conversations. And what you're gonna laugh at this? Um, he was telling me about the Midmo Miracle. He took a friend to a game, never been to a full game before in his life. And the guy was trying to leave, and then Jim wouldn't let him. And then he eventually uh, the Midmo Miracle happened with TJ Mo and beating all that. So while I tell my story. He finishes cutting my hair, and I was pretty far gone with the old receding hairline. And he goes, now, you remember, we do shaves, too. You can keep coming in. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, I like like talking to you about football. Remember, you can do shaves. You can keep coming in. That's hilarious. Um, Well, we get him better and recovered from the stroke. We'll have to have him on and maybe get some good stories. There you go. Yeah, exactly. He'd be full of them. This is the last shout-out I got, and then uh, um, I think that's it. I posted on our Instagram today, so those of you that are listening after, uh, you may have already seen and or liked it. Avid listener and my brother-in-law, Matt Cecil, um, got into bow hunting once he married into the family. I think he's in his third season now, and he had his he had his toughest season yet. Um, he got at it very early and started the season very hard, like hunting every opportunity, you know, every weekend, and was hunting at a couple different properties. And you know, we were always talking about stuff, and just like anyone that goes through and hunts really, really hard for a really long time. It weighs on you mentally, it weighs on you physically, and, you know, he got he got kind of down, and, you know, Dad and I kind of picked him back up and, and got him back on the horse, and he, he stayed at it, man. Credit to him. Matt, kudos to you. Um, stuck at it. Took off work early yesterday before the bowl game. I was like, I'm going to go hunt, you know, whatever. It's not great conditions, but you can't kill him from the couch. Wanted to hunt before they uh, hit south side for the game calls me from his truck and then proceeds to FaceTime me and where we usually park within eyesight there's a really really nice buck like a 10 pointer probably a I'd say mid probably mid 140s 10 pointer and I'm asking like okay you know what are you gonna do what are you gonna do well he was going to a stand that I was like no I don't think you should go there I think you should go here instead which he had to pass my recommendation to get to his. And we kind of went back and forth and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and get dressed. And so the buck ended up working off. He slips down in there, gets in the stand. I text him at like four o'clock saying, you know, what's the update? Nothing. Uh, 4.35, I get a FaceTime call that he killed the buck that he saw from his truck uh, getting into the property. And he uh, dropped him at, dropped him at 45 yards, sent a prayer and, and spined him, dropped him right where he laid. And, um, you know, not the most ideal shot, but after the frustrating season that he's had, uh, he was feeling pretty confident with the shot and let her eat, man. Dropped her, dropped him at 45, and he's got a heck of a deer to show for it. Congrats, so, congrats, man. Matt. Good for him. He had a really good day yesterday. He had a great day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have one more shout out from the game. Uh, there were a couple young ladies beside me and they brought it with the holler. Like I have to say, I make noise and get into the game. They brought it Liz. And I'm sorry if this is wrong, but for some reason I have Hannah in my head. So I completely apologize, but I told him I'd shout them out. Uh, great energy. Really enjoyed <clears throat> getting to watch that and experience the game with you. So uh, thank you for, for making my experience even better with y'all being there and being uh, seatmates beside me there. So, uh, But this is going to be our final show of the 2023 season and our year. Uh, but what, what a year it has been from uh, basketball winning an NCAA tournament game. Uh, Keegan O'Toole, you know, getting revenge on Carr after two losses and uh, coming back and winning the national championship. Two, an 11-win New Year's Six Bowl uh, that next year will be a playoff game. So, uh, and then just developing friendship with y'all. So, for me, it has been one of the best years of my life. Uh just wish my New Orleans Saints and St. Louis Cardinals could maybe have got with things a little bit better like everybody else, but hey, you can't win them all. So for 2023, hope everybody has a great, safe, happy new year. Uh, pray for blessings and a prosperous 2024 and can't wait to see what's coming for us around the corner. But uh, Variety Sports, Home Field Studios, this is Skeeter Case Cole signing off. M I Z. C-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care.